This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm just so grateful that you are here today listening to this podcast. I hope you feel supported, encouraged, and feel a little hug in this episode. Today is episode 89, and my guest is Amy Eilers. Amy is the mom of four girls. She is a simplifying wizard. She is the host of Mom Chat Monday, which is a podcast with her co-host, Kyla Marie Charles. This is a podcast, but they actually go live on Instagram and use that audio for their podcast. So make sure you go follow her on Instagram. She's House of Eilers, E-I-L-E-R-S over there. And you can tune in. She is funny. She's smart. And she will encourage you to get rid of some stuff and organize your space. Uh, I also was really excited to talk to her about plants because she is a plant lady And I have been really into furnishing my home with plants these days. So she gives us some tips on that as well today, which is really fun. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, if you could leave us a rating interview on iTunes or Spotify, that would just be a huge help in us growing this show. It's a huge help in potential listeners looking for parenting podcasts or podcasts for parents. And when they they see the ratings and reviews, um, that gives them the encouragement to listen. So if you could just take, I think it can take 60 seconds total to do that. I would really, really, really appreciate it. To learn more about this podcast and the network that it is under, go to sandyboyproductions.com. All right, friends, if you're looking for a pair of amazing sunglasses, look no further than Gooder. These sunglasses are fashionable. They're functional. They have really simple designs. They also have really loud, fun designs. And you can save 15% when you go to Gooder.com and use the code Lindsay15. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Amy. All right. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Amy Eilers on the show. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. Oh, Amy, I was just in Wisconsin. Aren't you from Wisconsin? Yes, we are Wisconsin born and raised. We are a large Wisconsin family. Where do you live? Um, Right now we live in like northern Wisconsin. Um, My husband's from the Milwaukee area and I'm from the Fox Valley area. So we're kind of like the whole state. We've got it covered. Oh, I love it. I was just in Madison for a race. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful spot. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've been there two other times and one was like 10 years ago. One was like, I don't know, eight years ago or something like that. And I just viewed it from a different lens this time, you know, like so much has happened in my own life. And I was like, did I even know there were this many beautiful bodies of water? Like it was so nice. And I live in North Carolina now. So like it was a very nice relief from the heat, but I think you guys are super hot now this week. Yeah. We have like a heat warning this week and storms and all kinds of stuff coming through. So it's like everybody here is just like sweating buckets. Uh, We're not used to the, we're not used to the heat like North Carolina. So yeah. 
It felt so good. It was like 65 and breezy last week or like over the weekend <laughs> yeah. when I was there. And I was like, this is heaven. This is literally yeah. what heaven is right here. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, it's an underrated state. I feel like more people need to visit Wisconsin, especially northern Wisconsin is. It's just so beautiful. Okay. Where do, where do we go if we go there? Where should we go? Um, if you're heading to Wisconsin, um, there's Door County, and that's um, a water that's peninsula. There's a lot of water, so many things to do. Um, if you're on the other side of the state towards Minnesota, there's the Chippewa Valley that has Eau Claire, which is a hugely underrated area of the state. So many fun things to do for family. Um, the scenery is just gorgeous. And then Madison also is just, if you're in southern Wisconsin, tons of things to do in Madison. I am like such an Enneagram seven that when I got there and it was like beautiful and breezy, I was like, should we move here? Do we need to move to Madison? Like, are we going to live here now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we literally just moved to North Carolina to escape the Indiana weather. So I'm like, slow your roll, sister. What are you thinking? That's so funny because my husband and I have always had, we're kind of like, we're ready to be mobile whenever with his job. And we've always had North Carolina at the top of our list. We've always like looked there, you know, is there anything available and open there? We've applied a couple times to places in North Carolina. So it's like always in our future. We like want to get down mm. there. So that's funny that you're there. Come on down. What yeah. what city are you looking at? We're in Raleigh. Okay. We've looked in Raleigh. We've looked um, Wilmington, you know, somewhere mm. over that mm. way. So it's so pretty Wilmington. It's nice. Raleigh's mm-hmm. nice because you're like, you can get to the beach in two hours mm-hmm. um, and you're still in kind of like a bigger major city. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, two hours is still kind of far to the beach. Like, you're not going to just, like, pack up and go for the day unless it's, like, planned on the weekend. So, yeah. um, But Wilmington's beautiful. I did a half marathon there um, in February, and it's really nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, Amy. So, you have four girls, and you're just a little bit behind me, eight, four, six, and two and a half. Tell us a little bit about your life and your family and what your day-to-day looks like. Sure. I Yeah, we have four girls, and let me tell you, that's a trip. Um, and what's funny is before we had kids, well, first young Amy never wanted kids. I was like, I want, I want no children. Yeah. Like early twenties, Amy, I was like, I'll be lucky if I get married. Like, I don't want kids, none of it. And then we got married and I was like, I want all boys. I want four boys. (laughs) Like I'm going to have all boys and I'm just going to be a boy mom. And then it was like, we didn't find out the gender for the first two. It was like, girl, girl. And I was like, okay. And then it kept going, girl, girl. And I was like, all right. So God had a different plan, but now I think it makes so much sense that I'm like a girl mom. I, it's like, they have the stats, but I can like handle it and dish it right back. Like, I don't know. It just works. It works really well. What do you think? Cause I, you know, as a mom of all boys, I kind of yes. feel like, I think like the rough and rowdiness stresses me out and like makes me crazy. Sometimes I'm like, this is not like what I'm used to. I grew up with girl with sisters oh, okay. and you know, um, and it's just really loud and aggressive. And I'm like, oh, and, you know, my husband will egg it on. And, you know, especially when yeah. and he's just spending quality time with them. And that's what they like to do. But it drives me crazy. Um, but yeah. aside from that, I'm like, no, I feel like this is my lane. That being yeah, said, yeah. I'm sure if I had girls, I would like find the same reasons to say the same thing. Right. Oh, yeah. I think I think what you get is, you know, you fall into the groove of it. Yeah. And I grew up. I grew up with all brothers. I didn't have a sister. So seeing the relationships between them develop all girls and having these built in best friends and sisters. And it's, it's just the coolest thing. But one thing growing up with brothers is I was used to that rowdy loud. Mm. Like I was, you know, very used to it. 
and going to all girls, it's loud. It's a different kind of uh, loud. Uh-huh. It's it's a higher pitch. <laughs> um, and when people come over that don't have girls, they're like, whoa. And I'm like, this is for girls. Like it, it's the, the volume is so high and it's just a high pitch. But um, like squeals. I don't know the squeals uh-huh. that girls do. It's And boys don't do it. And I have friends that have only boys and they're like, they squeal. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's the worst. But it's all fun. Like it's like a built in like slumber party every day for them. They just have so much fun together. So do your girls share rooms? We have them split two and two. Okay. Yes. So they do share the oldest two and the younger two. And it works really well, especially for like consolidating bedtimes because it's just like kerplunk, kerplunk. I don't know if you have the same thing where you have them sharing rooms or not, but yeah, we and uh, ours actually all sleep in the same room, which is kind of odd to have all four in the same room. Um, We've thought about that. It's kind of simple. And Mm -hmm. I'm like you and we'll talk about this a little bit. I'm pretty like minimal with my stuff. I'm always purging stuff like I want to keep things as simple as possible. And so we just have one little Ikea bunk bed and then two little Ikea junior beds and a dresser. And that's pretty much the only thing in their room and just keeps it like super simple. And they, you know, go to bed in there. And then every once in a while, like last night, we let them sleep upstairs in the in the like living room area just for fun. And they're just used to all being together. Yes. Um, we do split them up two and two, though, still like so, I mean, I would say 75 percent of the time they all go bed at the same time around like 830. Um, mm-hmm. now that we're into summer, I'm certain the big boys will stay up later more often. Yeah. Um, like last night I was at a swim meet with my big boys until 10 PM and my husband went home and to put the little boys to bed at eight, you know? So yeah, just like sneak them on in there when they get ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've, and we've talked as they get older, maybe like bunking them all together. We're actually, we have a family vacation coming up and it's like an, um, like a VRBO and mm-hmm. it has one room with two bunks because yeah. right now that we, they have bunks and it's like, man, we're going to try it out. And I think that it would just be so fun for them to like bunk together in a room, you know, and we'll see how it goes, but it's good practice too. I mean, if you do it that way, I know because yeah. like we're a family of six, but when we go get a VRBO, I'm like, we just need two bedrooms. We don't need anything more than that because all the kids can sleep together. Somebody's probably going to be sleeping on a couch. Like the smaller, the better. It's just easier to manage. Yep, absolutely. And it's easier on the pocketbook because some of those houses get so expensive when you are like trying to separate everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. And I will say for those listening that have babies, I think once you hit like two, two and a half, that's when it really starts getting easier. And the more kids I had, the sooner I incorporated them into the big kids. Like my oldest at two, two and a half was still like in the crib by himself, you know, all those things. But as we had more kids and did things, it was just like you're kind of like being incorporated in a little bit sooner. Um, And obviously when you have the baby that's sleeping in the crib and the pack and play, it's like, I get it. If you don't come sleep, you want that kid separate. Yes. And we are, so we're just getting out of that season. Our youngest will turn three in December, but tra- we do a lot of traveling because our families live on the opposite, you know, side of the state. So when we do travel, we don't do, have to take the pack and play anymore. That's so nice. And we don't even have to bring a stroller. And the the physical relief of that when traveling with four kids, because four kids, you know, it's a lot to travel with. But not having to, you know, worry about that gear. Does someone have it at their house? Do we have to rent it? Do we have to pack it and bring it? It is. It's so much easier. And I remember how, like, just the physical struggle of traveling with four kids when they were younger and how much easier it is now. Like, if you're in that season, it gets so much better. 
it's, for sure. It so does. I honestly, I look back now and I'm like, how did you even do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at the time you're just like going, you're just like getting it done and you're just like, yeah. I don't want to say you're just surviving because I, I'm very much in the mentality that like you don't have to just survive. Like yes. you can enjoy that time and thrive and all the things but like you're just doing you're just doing yes. what needs to get done and yep. and I don't even know that I realized how hard it was until now and I'm thinking oh if I had to do that right now I would be like yeah what else can I even do with my life like that's literally all I'm doing is moving these things around and keeping these kids alive <laughs> yeah it is it's crazy how when you're in the moment, your body or you like you mentally, you don't even realize how hard it is or what you're going through to try to get through the day to day of, of raising little kids until you get out of that season and you look back and you're like, wow, like I use Sometimes you, I just can't believe I did that. You know, my husband used to work um, different shifts and stuff and he would be gone bedtime mm-hmm. majority of the nights. And I would just do bedtime solo with four kids. And it wasn't even a struggle for me because it was just the norm. But looking back now, he doesn't have that schedule anymore. And it's like, man, bedtime without him would be, you know, it would be so different and hard, but it's just what your norm is. You just adjust to it. Yeah. You get used to doing what you have to do. Yes, for sure. Um, Okay. Let's talk about organizing, simplifying things like that, because I'm all about that. Everybody's just hitting summertime where we're probably spending a lot more time with our kids. The first thing I'm like, stressed about is I need my kids to do some chores and it's like I don't implement them like I should because I just don't want to deal with the pushback yeah tell me your system so we don't really do what we call chores in our house um which might is like kind of crazy to say out loud but what we kind of just spin it to a different perspective of we are like a team we're a unit in this family And the things we do and the things we have to do to keep up our home are an extension of living life. So our daughters are naturally, they eat their meal. Part of eating your meal is carrying your plate to the sink or the dishwasher, scraping it off and loading it or putting it next to the sink. That's part of eating the meal. It's, you know, you prep the food, you eat the food, you clean up the food. Um, so that's not a chore for them. That's just part of being a human being and taking care of your things. It's just a natural extension of these hobbies, um, or not hobbies. Activities, <laughs> well, I mean, eating, not hobbies. eating can be a hobby. I like eating. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, things like as many things as I can delegate, delegate as a mama for, I'm going to delegate it. Um, going back to when my husband worked different shifts and different hours, I was doing mornings or evenings all by myself, trying to get four kids ready for bed is a task, especially at those younger ages. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to stay on top of them, did you brush your teeth? Did you do this? I have like a simple sign I hung up with like the four tasks you have to do before bed. Did you do your evening chart? And they can just go to the chart at their age. It was visual because it had, you know, they couldn't read yet, but they could just go to the chart and they go and check off, you know, yes, I've done that and that. And that way it's the pressures off of me to have to remind them all the time. And they can be self-reliant and do those things on their own. Now, do I have to remind them? Did you, you know, did you do your evening chart? Have you looked at your evening chart? Did you do all the tests? Of course, that's part of being a mom and their kids. But as many things like that as I can push off their morning responsibilities, hygiene, evening responsibilities, cleaning up their spaces, stuff like that. I delegate. That's their responsibility. That's part of just being a human, you know? 
I like that language too. And I do use that language a lot. Like we're on the same team. Like this is our team. This is part of being part of the family. Um, Who was it? Was it you or your co-host that was saying you have a list even in the mornings, like before you ask me for anything? That was my co-host on our podcast, um, Kyla. Okay. Yep. She has the, before you ask, did you do these things? And she uses it for screen time. Yeah. Okay. So it's like before you want screen time, you need to get dressed, brush your teeth, read your 20 minutes, things like that. I mean, clean up a space. Yeah. See, and I, I love, I love your language because what I was saying was like the pushback. Like I don't want to deal with the complaining and the pushback, but, but when you make it like, this is just part of what we do. Like, this is just part yeah. of like the day-to-day life. Um, and I don't think I'm too late on that, but I, I'm still scared about the pushback. <laughs> yeah. And I think the way part of being a parent is how we model it. Are we doing this ourselves? And the thing is, is when they get older, part of eating or cleaning up your plate, that's part of of the task of being an adult and prepping food for your family and doing all those things. So if we just lead into it, like if, if I, when you grow up, no one's going to wash your plate for you. Yeah. No one's going to wash the plates for me. And I approach it from that point of view. But then I also explain to them always like, you know, here's the deal. If you want mom to wash all six plates, that's fine, but you won't get a bedtime story because mm-hmm. I'm going to be at the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't help me clean up lunch, then we won't be able to get outside and go on a walk before nap time or, well, we don't do nap time anymore. We, our youngest just dropped nap, but you know, like relating to them there is a natural consequence to not helping us out in the team unit in the family unit and if you don't pitch in and do your part that there are just natural consequences of that that does take away time that you have with mom and dad and we kind of always go from that aspect too yeah the natural consequences I love that so you like are into the organizing the simplifying things like that my method is like when I'm in a mood I'm in a mood (laughs) And everything is getting out of my house. Like yesterday, actually. So I'm like trying to lean full into summer. You know, I work part time for myself, like, you know, and I and I recorded a ton of episodes before summer for my running podcast so that I could have more freedom with my kids this summer, you know, over the summer. Um, So I'm trying to like fully lean into this thing. Well, we had like a dead hour and a half and like needed to get out of the house. My husband works from home and it was so hot. I was like, where do we go? Where do we go? And I took them to Goodwill. Um, (laughs) And I was like, listen, if we're going to go to Goodwill and buy like some, basically like I wanted to buy them something to play with while I worked when we got back. Yeah. I was like, we are taking like double what we were bringing home to donate. Like I'm not bringing more in. But like, what's your strategy with that when Because I mean, nothing will stress you out more than a cluttered house. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it, it's so dependent on where people are at in the stage of w- even wanting to declutter their their home. Um, I went from being what people call like a maximalist, someone who had all of the things, every surface covered, all the knickknacks or tchotchkes, whatever you want to call them, Um to being so absolutely overwhelmed because motherhood is very stimulating. Mm-hmm. And if your physical space is stimulating and then you pile motherhood on top of it, that's like a recipe for like an explosive disaster. In my case, at least it was. Um, so I think it depends on where you're starting. And then also what is your schedule like? Because if you're a mom that works 40, 50 hours a week outside of the home, like you're not going to have time every day to t- touch a space and to clutter your home, you know? 
but I do think it's possible for everyone to make progress. Like there's no, there's no such thing as perfection, especially in a home, but there is such a thing as progress. So any progress you can make is always for the benefit of yourself and your family. That's what I always try to remember. Yeah. I always think like my problem is if I do something little, then you get sucked in and it turns, you're like, before you know it, you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. Yeah. You've like, you're like, I'm just going to do this little drawer. And before you know it, you have like everything in every single drawer in your entire kitchen poured out on the counter. You get halfway done and you're like, all right, I'm ready to be done here. (laughs) Yeah. I think for, you know, it, it depends on do you have time or do you have space? If you have time to work on something or your time is short and you don't have time to work on something, set a timer. Maybe it's 10 minutes every day or a half an hour on on Saturday, set a timer, dedicate that time. Maybe you start with one room, 30 minutes every Saturday on that room until you feel like it's set, then you can move on to the next room. Or if you, you know, all all the time is, you know, you have all the time in the world, you're home with your kids all day. Not that that makes, I'm home with my kids all day. I don't necessarily have all the time in the world, but my time is flexible. I can juggle it. Then in that instance, I give myself a physical boundary. Today, I'm just doing this drawer. When that drawer is done, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to name that activity that I'm going to move on to. I'm going to take my kids on a walk. We're going to have story time. And that way I can't get sucked in. And then it's six hours later and I'm like, crap, what's for dinner? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's my slippery slope tendency. I'm, it's so easy to get sucked in. And then where'd the day go? And your house blows up because what you're doing here makes everything else behind you just, you know, fall apart. Um, but give your, you know, this corner of the room, I'm doing just my bedroom dresser today. And once that space is done, then you can move on with another activity. Hey everybody, I want to tell you real quick about Hello Skincare. They have an amazing lash therapy serum that I have been using that I cannot get enough of. I've never been one to do false eyelashes, extensions, anything like that. That is way too much work. And I actually always kind of rolled my eyes at these serums thinking, yeah, right, do they really work? But I started using Lash Therapy by Hello Skincare and after like two weeks time, I noticed a huge difference in my lash length and the fullness. I just apply it nightly and it moisturizes and helps with damaged hairs and maximizes the appearance of lash volume with each growth cycle. So they say you'll see big results in 60 days, but I say you see it even sooner. I also use their C-Juvenate and Time Machine serums. I use the C-Serum in the morning at the beginning of the day before I put any makeup on and I use the Time Machine at night at bedtime. Um, These are great products and if I were gonna push you to one, I would start with the Lash Therapy because I just cannot believe the difference. So when you go to helloskincare.com, you can use the code LindsayH20 and that'll get you 20% off your first order with Hello Skincare. All right, friends, back to the show. How do you maintain though without feeling like all I do is clean and organized? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I, I hate cleaning. I love cleaning, but I hate it. I'm more into decluttering. Um, and what I do is I have for myself a very flexible set of rhythms is what I call them, like weekly cleaning rhythms. Um, I'm not, I used to try like a printable schedule Mm -hmm. and it was so stressful for me Mm -hmm. as like a, you know, I'm very type A personality. So if I miss something on a checklist, I'm stressed out about it. And nobody is like holding me to the checklist, but the checklist itself, right? right? It stresses me out so bad because I know I like failed to complete that task. 
So instead, I have this really silly set of weekly rhythms that I don't have to remember because it's easy. It just goes along with the days of the week. And I don't do it every week. But if I do it often enough, um, every, you know, so like Mondays mop it Monday. I don't, I don't mop our floors every Monday, but every Monday I have that little mental alert. Do you want to mop today? Do your floors need it? And if they're really sticky and bad, then yeah, I'll mop. But lots of Mondays I skip it because I'm like, eh, it could go another week, whatever. Um, Tuesday's toilet Tuesday. So I touch base in the bathroom. Sometimes it's a full deep clean. And sometimes like yesterday I have a cold. So I was, you know, a little rundown yesterday. I just kind of wiped the counters off in the faucets. And I was like, yeah, that's good enough for today. That's good enough for this week. I can rest in the fact that next Tuesday will come. And if the bathrooms need a deeper clean that Tuesday, I can do it then. I touched base with it. I took five minutes to do a quick tidy. And that was enough for me this week. And I think being able to recognize that sometimes in life we can give more and sometimes in life we need to take more and just going with that really can help us in maintaining our home. Yeah, I think for that system, like the bigger, like the baseboards and things like that, I that would be really good for me. Um, our like downstairs toilet specifically, the one that all the boys run through. Yeah. That, I, I am not kidding. I I have to clean it every day. Yeah. It's well, so gross. The, see, and this is a thing that's different is what works in, for me in my home is not going to work for you. We have four girls. So you have four plus a husband, five yeah. boys. Yeah. Why are boys, why, why are boys grosser know. in the bathroom? I mean, I'm sure there are know. some girls that are too, but like, yeah. but this is truth, it's, right? Is this just truth? Oh, it is. I mean, What's the, girls, up? the girls' bathroom is honestly never that bad. The toilet's never bad. The worst is the toothpaste on the counter. Yeah. That's just about as bad so as annoying. Um, But it never really gets worse than that for us. So for me, toilets once a week and maybe a touch up here and there, like that works for us, but that's not going to work for you. Just like, I had someone message me the other day. How often do you dust your home? I live in, I think they said they live in Phoenix and they have to dust every day because oh it's gosh. so dusty in Phoenix. So well, it's like, of course it is, you know, like we're in Wisconsin. Dust is not really a thing where we mm-hmm. live. It's just not a thing. So like I dust once a week and for me, it's nothing really thorough. It's like I take the dust attachment on my vacuum and I zoom through the house mm-hmm. with a podcast and I'm done in 20 minutes, but you can't look at how someone else maintains or cleans their home and judge how you do yours because it is never apples to apples. And that's one of the things I love to talk about most is you have to find what works for you. My weekly rhythms to maintain my home are not going to work for someone who lives in a two-story, works 40 hours a week, um, lives in Phoenix or you know in another climate is, or has two dogs or three dogs. It's not going to be the same thing. So you have to just kind of develop what works for you. I like the system rhythm thing too, though, because it's things like, I know I said baseboards earlier, but now I'm thinking like cleaning out the fridge, doing the stove. Yes. Like, even though I'm not like cleaning out my fridge once a week, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. But just like, you know, it feels so good to have your fridge like totally wiped out. I usually do oh, yeah. it like, I usually do it when we're about to go out of town. Cause I'm like, yes. I know this sucker is about to be pretty empty. Let's yep. just like go to town and I'm going to come home and have like such a clean refrigerator. There's no better feeling. Yes, absolutely. And that's so on Wednesdays and this just goes back to my weekly rhythm, but I don't want to wipe down my house all day long. Like that stresses me out the thought of that. So on Wednesdays, I have wipe it Wednesday where I just clean something dirty. And sometimes I just look around my house and it's like, man, the fridge is full of fingerprints. I'm going to wipe that down today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a bigger project where it's spring and you're, you're in that spring cleaning mood and you're like, oh, my windows need to be all wiped down. So I'm going to go, go, 
you know, crazy and I'm just going to do my windows for like two hours, but it doesn't have to be the same. It can be more of just being observant in our space. And like, what do I actually need versus what is someone trying to tell me I should be doing? Because nobody's living your life. They can't tell you what you have time for on any given week. Only you know that. So focusing on your space and recognizing your schedule, your lifestyle, what you really need and focusing on that and just going with the flow of it. Some weeks you might have energy to do a huge project like wipe all your baseboards down and some weeks you really might not. And you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And I'm just going to be honest, guys. I've never actually wiped down all of my baseboards. Neither have I <laughs> in my entire life. This is a thing. And people always say how to clean your baseboards. And I, we've sold three homes now in the last like four years. We've sold three oh, homes. Wow. We've had, I know we've had some crazy moves in the last four years. And even the only time I've ever washed windows was when we listed a home for sale. Uh And the only time I've cleaned baseboards is never because even when you're selling a home, they don't, people don't look at your baseboards. I don't know. Am I crazy? I don't know. I mean, I will wipe down the ones in the bathroom and then like the common area, but like never in the bedrooms or the hallways or anything like that. Yeah. It's just one of those things that everybody thinks everybody else does but nobody really does it. You know, there's so many fallacies to life like that. They're hiring someone. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're there. They must have hired someone. Yes. Um, and I will say when I had my third baby, I hired someone to clean our house, come in every other week. Um, and we had that for five years. We've, we've since moved and we've been in our new house for a year now and I haven't rehired someone. And it's one of those things where I'm like, is it time? Do you have a, someone that cleans? No. Okay. I've never had someone that cleans. And my mom didn't. So it was never like, it wasn't something that I was ever used to, you know? And my mom didn't either. And actually I have this like issue with judgment in my head that I've like have to actively work through as an adult. Cause I remember my mom like making comments like, oh, of course they have someone that cleans their house or whatever, you know? Um, and my yeah. mom is like a clean freak through and through. So like she just, she doesn't want anybody else to do it. She wants to do it her way. Yeah. Um, so I actually like, this is so... Like it it was embarrassing to admit, but when we hired someone, I was like, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but it was great. But I also remember feeling really ragey after she left and like everybody messing up the house. Cause I'm like, I just paid a hundred dollars for this to be cleaned, you know? Yeah. The Um, pressure of, yeah. I don't know if I'm more ragey now though, after I've cleaned it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if we'll ever go back to it, but um, and, and usually when you hire someone to clean your house, they're not doing your baseboards anyway. They're doing like the bathrooms and kitchen and vacuuming. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think also when people look at that, it's, it's a matter of resources and things like that too. And people, cause some people are like, man, I wish I could hire somebody to clean, but I don't have the resources for that. Or maybe some people need to put the, you know, need to put, dedicate a space in their budget to that because they don't have the time and there's nothing wrong with either way. It's just a matter of what you need in your life, what you have the resources for and to not get upset, you know, to not bum yourself out. Like you shouldn't feel guilty if you do hire a cleaning lady because that's what works for you and your family. And you shouldn't feel bad if you can't, can't or don't hire one because maybe you don't need to, you know, it's just in this world, I feel like it's so easy for us to worry and compare how we do things in life to others, but it's so much easier when we just like look down at where we're at and try to focus on what's around us and what we actually do have, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes I think about it and I'm like, you know what? 
That's really good that you were able to do that for that period of time. Like when you had a newborn, a two-year-old, and then you were pregnant again, like very soon after, like, I think that's good. But like for right now, I have a little bit more freedom and time and like a little bit more physical space. (laughs) Yeah. I still feel a little, little bit uh, claustrophobic sometimes, but like, I think it's good. I think that we're in a good spot. Tell us about your six week house challenge. So I do have a free challenge. Um, it is on my blog for people to do whenever. Um, I feel so I'm on Instagram and my account was never intended to be like this public account. I was just, I moved away from home and I started decluttering our things because I went transferred from a working mom to stay at home and I kind of spiraled in it like very overwhelmed. So I started decluttering our house and I was just showing it on my account and it kind of grew. But there's in the, in the world of minimalism and decl- decluttering online, there's this idea that accounts should always have challenges or, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to do a new challenge every couple of weeks. They're coming out with a challenge and that can get very taxing on not only the creator, the person behind the account, but on someone who follows because it makes you feel like you always have to be doing something. Um, you always have to be pushing the limit on can I get rid of more? It's kind of the opposite of maximalism where you want to buy, buy, buy. You get to this other side where it's like, I just want to purge, purge, purge. And that's not a healthy space to be in either. Um, so I only run this challenge once a year and it's always in the fall. It's after the kids go back to school and it's a six week challenge. It's very slow paced. It's one room a week. You fit it in your schedule when you have time. Um, and you're very much encouraged to live your life outside of this challenge as well. And I encourage people to enjoy the space once they get it done. Like if you clean out your bedroom, like go take a nap in there, (laughs) like enjoy the space because what's the point in improving and decluttering our spaces if we're not going to live in them. And then at the end of the six weeks, you're good. I You've lo- gone through your whole home and you're good. I love that. Okay. So when did you become obsessed with plants? Um, plants was after we kind of minimized our whole home. And then I sat with it for a while and it did feel a little empty, but mm. I realized I didn't want to fill it. Neither Eric and I wanted to fill the space back up with stuff. Mm-hmm. And my my family is that I grew up with uh, my mom and all of her family are very like awesome gardeners. Like mm-hmm. they just have the most beautiful gardens and I'm just not into that. But I started the pull to plants and it was like a fun variation of, of my like heritage where I could, you know, learn plants, love plants, the maintenance of them, the soothing time that you spend like maintaining plants. It's very soothing for me. Um, and it just grew and grew and grew. And now we have a lot of plants. How many do you have in your house? Do you know? We're over 40. Really? Last, last time I checked, we're over 40 for sure. Yeah. Okay. I think I have maybe nine in my house. Okay. No, maybe 10, maybe 10. Yeah. Yeah. So we have like a good handful, um, but 40, yeah. like you, you can't mess around. Like you really got to tend to those puppies and like, how do you keep yeah. track of which ones to water and when, and some need once a week, some need once a month. And, and that's the thing with plants is I feel like we're always looking for the answer. And it's kind of a life, life lesson thing. We're always looking for the schedule, the answer. We want to someone to tell us how what's the right answer to make this succeed. And sometimes there's no right answer. It's just you have to look at the plant. This is very going to be very zen, but you have very to very feel the soil. Is it, you know, sure. is it my plants right now it's summer and it's warmer. So they need to be watered twice or three times as much as they do in the winter even inside um yeah yep even inside 
And because it's their growing season. And that's the fun thing about plants is even as an indoor plant, they still follow like an Arcadian rhythm. So Mm -hmm. they still sense the changes in sunlight versus, you know, more sunlight versus not and all those fun things. But it's just become a fun space for me to nerd out, to have a hobby, to learn new things. And I used to fill that space with maintaining our home, with cleaning our home, with decluttering our home. And now that we don't do that, because we, it is what it is. Like our home is just on this self-run kind of rhythm that I have this time for almost every day. I get to like do a hobby, hang out with plants. And like, you know, when my kids are playing together, the few minutes a day they play together well, I can, you know, check on some, go into a room and check on that room's plants and just relax and just have that quiet time. And it's so nice. Um, I just bought a fiddle, a fiddle tree. Is that what they're called? Fig tree. Yeah, Sorry, a fig, fig. A, a fig tree. Oh, okay. Like one of those really okay, big, yeah. beautiful ones. And I'm yes. like so obsessed with it. And I'm like, this tree was like 130 bucks. You're my new baby. Like yes. we are not going to let you die. But I cannot yes. believe the life that it brings to the room. And I, at first I was like, that's yes. really expensive for a plant. But I'm like, no, it's like a piece of furniture. I mean, it is like a huge statement piece in that room. Yes. Yeah, I had a fiddly fig. I didn't know if I'd ever get one because they're so expensive. Yeah, they're like we super found expensive. One on, we found one on clearance at Walmart for $4.24. What? Like a big one? Yes. I mean, it is, it's like waist high. So it's not huge. Okay, but mine's it's, like, it's, adult, yeah, let's, since, mine, mine's like probably five, uh, four and a half feet or something. Yeah, yeah. Since um since getting it, it's been just so fun though to know that like it will get that big. Will and it? To okay. nourish it. Oh, yeah. Yep. And to watch like it spit out so many new leaves and it's such a fun plant. But for like, I always try to find like deals on plants. So like, that's my thing. If I'm at a plant store, I'm going to like the clearance. What can I like doctor? What can I save? What can I like, you know, try to, that's one of the things I love to do with plants is it's like the search for the bargain. So. Okay. Well, cause I, well, I just bought some planners for like the front door and then a couple on our back porch. And I really wanted this plant, this big tree for our dining room. I mean, I have spent so much money on plants at Lowe's and I like, I'm not looking for a deal. I'm just like, what do I want? You know, cause it's not as much <laughs> yeah. of a hobby for me as it is for you. But like, I do want more plants. Like I want every room to have a plant in it. So where do you even look for deals? Like who, I didn't know plants even went on sale. <laughs> oh yeah. You can, um, anywhere. I mean like I, so many places carry plants now. Like if you go to like a local grocery store, I always find deals on like grocery store plants because people don't go there to look mm-hmm. for plants mm-hmm. so they kind of sit and yeah. then they start to look a little rough and then that's when they clear and some and you're like yeah I can save that like that just needs to be watered or that just you know it's always usually a simple fix um and then I also just follow like local plant shops and then when they have a sale it's like oh there we go and Walmart Walmart has so many when they they know. have a great plant section but when they clearance them out it's a great time to go scoop them up I'm like the plant stores like favorite client probably because they're like oh she doesn't know what she's doing she's just gonna come in here and like hand us her card <laughs> yeah, yeah my fr- my one of my best friends though she just posted some, a couple plants she bought at Kroger which is like a local grocery or a grocery chain you know in, in Indiana and yeah they were like super good deal and like you said probably because it was at the store and not like a plant specific yep. place um yeah I saw some plant person <laughs> some plant person on the internet, <laughs> you know, the plants, I don't, you probably can't see cause my background's faded, but their arms go like all the way down everywhere they grow. Yeah. I feel like you commonly see them maybe at like funerals even, I don't know. They're plants that get brought home. Um, I saw someone like 
tucking the um, arms in like using a bobby pin. Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah, it was I- like getting too out of control. And she was like, look, you can just do this. You can just fold it in and put a little bobby pin in there. And I was going to maybe do I, that I to this plant back here, but I'm like nervous that I'm going to like hurt, hurt the leaves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or hurt the arms. I, I absolutely have um, a plant with bobby pins in it right now because you can buy plant stakes to do this, but it's like so silly. You can use a paper clip or a bobby pin kind of stretched out. But basically you're taking those plants have the ability to re-root themselves at the base of every leaf. There's a little thing called a node, a brown bump. And that's where it shoots out roots. So you can either cut it and put it in some water and make a new plant, or you can tuck those strands into the soil and put them in with a stake temporarily. They'll shoot out new roots and it'll fill the plant back out again. So it'll get fuller at the base. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. Cause and it then starts when, once it thin. roots, yeah. Yeah. You just take the, take the bobby pin out after it roots, but it's a great way to kind of fill the plant out. You can even create a new plant. Oh, I've lots of my plants are from my other plants. And I give them away. I give them if someone, you know, moves into a new house, I give them a plant like one I made or created or grew it from a baby plant. It's like a housewarming or teacher appreciation gift, stuff like that. Hey, friends, just wanted to let you know, I'm a running coach. Did you know that? Is that new news to you? If you're looking to train for your half marathon or marathon I have training plans on my site for beginners, intermediate, and advanced runners that you can purchase. I also coach people. So if you're interested in getting a little bit of help on your first half marathon or your fifth marathon, whatever it is, you want to Boston qualify, you can hire me to help you. Uh, Just go to lindsayhine.com. That's my website to learn more about the training plans I offer. I actually have 5K training plans as well, which are really simple and they're just $10. If you want to get started with a new routine, highly recommend those. So you can go to lindsayhine.com to learn more and I'd love to work with you. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Amy. My question is, where are you getting your planters? Because that gets it, then it gets expensive too if you're trying to buy like all these nice, cute planters. Yes. Okay. Well, here's the deal. I really like to, <laughs> I like, I have no shame in my plant game. Okay. I love to find trash to treasure items. I love to upcycle. Um, I, everything that we go to recycle, I think to myself, like, can I give this another life? Um, so sometimes it's like an upcycled recyclable, like literally a recyclable. I'll like get the ink off of it, poke some holes in the bottom and throw some twine around it. It's a planter. Um, one of our local, I know one of our local plant stores also has, and this is genius, but they have like a, like a crate in the back of their plant shop where it's like, if you're done with a planter, you can put it there and give it to someone else to use. And so I'll search, like I found a bunch of terracotta pots that someone had glued like foam arts Mm. and crafts kid things on for Halloween, a little blow dryer got the hot glue off. And now I have like four new terracotta pots for free, you know, like sometimes it's just kind of hunting for the hunting for the planter. (laughs) I mean, I saw some planters at Goodwill yesterday and I was like, Hmm, but then I was afraid Mm -hmm. I would get them and not know how to like refurbish or like make them what I wanted them to be. And then they would just sit in my garage Cause I don't have yeah. the eye for that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a passion project. You know, you like, if you really want to do it, it's like worth the time, but not everybody has, you know, the time or the drive, but for yeah. me, it's just fun. 
like one I have was one that someone went to throw away and a little girl had done it. Like her name's written on the bottom in Sharpie. Some girl named Ashley made this little art project and she had glued moss and all this stuff and painted on it like a little fairy garden. Mm-hmm. And so it, this, this planter, it's a, just a terracotta pot, but it looks like a little kid's like fairy garden and our, our daughters love it. It's the cutest little thing, but it was trash to treasure. Okay. We're going to wrap up here, but like, how do you keep your kids decluttered? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like if you looked at an average, like 10 American families, I'm probably like on a very minimal end of it. Like we don't have a lot yeah. of stuff, but it still adds up so easily without even like doing anything. Like I'm even thinking like I have a bin for all their like special projects at school and things like yeah. that. Everybody just has one bin, but you know, yep. if they catch you throwing something away, like it's not cool. Like it's not a good situation. Yeah. So how do you keep the, all that minimal? So this for me is an opportunity to teach. Um, I think one thing I, I had a hard time with growing up and in my young adult life was respecting boundaries physically um, in our spaces. And it's something I've come to like know and love and appreciate of a boundary of, you know, like a room or a container. And so for me, our kids have you know, spots to store things like in their room, they have a bin for arts and crafts projects, a bin for accessories, a bin for toys and all these things. And they're labeled so they know how to easily clean up. It's like four bins. It's nothing fancy, but they know how to organize those things. And when one bin gets full, Mm. I talk to them and I say, you know, oh, I see you're wanting to put something else in your arts and crafts bin. You want to keep that item? And they're like, yeah, I want to keep it. And I'm like, well, look at your bin. It's like spilling out the side. So if you want to keep that item, maybe you should go through your bin and see if there's something you don't really want to keep anymore. And that way, the thing you do love and want to keep can fit in there safely. And, you know, it won't fall out. A sister won't grab it and tear it up. So like, it's just part of taking care of our things to make sure that they can, we can keep them and love them and use them is respecting the boundary of where we store them. And so it is one of those things where it's like, oh, crap, I have to parent. Like, you know, like, because it's work, especially with four kids to do that. It is work, but if it's a priority in your home, it can be something that's totally manageable. Do you do the same thing with clothes? Yes. Yeah. Like if you're getting a new item, you either hand it down or it goes out, something else goes out. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We do the same thing with clothes and um, we do a lot of hand-me-downs because like we have four girls and you, I'm sure you probably do the same, but um, we, uh, any clothes one of our daughters outgrows it goes down in the bin for another sister but we they all have the space in their closet that is just for clothes and especially because they room share that space is money like that's yeah. real estate that we need that storage space for them so they have their side of the closet they have their hanging rod and their couple drawers and they know what goes in each because they have like a little label on it And the other thing with clothes is they respect that space, but sometimes we have them put their own laundry away and sometimes they start to get overwhelmed with it. And it's like, okay, but let's take your clothes. Like I'll I'll walk them to their closet. Okay. I can see how it's feeling a little overwhelming in here right now. You know, you haven't hung up any of your tops. Let's get that done. Wow. This, your hanging rod's a little full. Are there any shirts that, you know, you don't really like anymore? And they kind of self edit. Yeah. I don't wear this one. I don't wear that one. And I'll say, okay, great. I'll take that. And I'll, oh, this one has stains on it, we'll recycle it. Or, oh, this one still is in really good condition. We're going to hand it down to our sister. And just talking that narrative out loud. And it's crazy how much they pick on it, up on this. Our, our older two already like self-sufficiently do this now. They'll bring me a top and, or a pair of pants and they'll say, mom, I don't really wear this one anymore. Can you just stick it in the hand-me-downs bin and I'll do that. And it's, and I mean, they're only six and eight. So it's crazy to know 
sometimes we just don't give our kids the opportunities to do these things. And if we, if we just model it ourselves, sometimes just speaking it out loud as we do it is building, you know, the bridge work for them to do that themselves. I have one of my older ones. He, he just has no patience for it. Like he's just sloppy, throw it in there, throw it in there. And And then my second, like if you get him going, he'll have it organized like perfectly. So I have to like remind myself, like, you have to like meet them where they are. Like my oldest son, like he's never going to fold things and be as organized and neat about it as my seven year old. It's like not his nature. Um, I don't know how to teach him to be a little less sloppy though. Cause that would make me really happy. (laughs) I know we have one messy daughter who is the exact same way. If it's thrown in her closet, like that's put away, mom, it's in my closet. Like, you know, and so for me, it's just a matter of like, this is who she is. Like, that's fine. As long as she's taking her clothes to the, from the laundry room to her closet and putting it away, that's good enough for me. If she can close her closet door when it's bedtime and we're in the room, that's fine with me. And the other thing too, is I teach her that she, that's fine, but she has to respect her sister's space. Like her stuff cannot go onto her sister's side Mm -hmm. of the closet. And so as long as it's on her side, that's good. And if it's not, then we're talking about it. And that's, you know, again, her boundary physically is still there. It doesn't look how I want it to, but Mm -hmm. she still has to respect that boundary because it is a shared space. So it's a lot of taking deep breaths for me, (laughs) but yeah, but you know, it's still, it's still getting done. It's not getting done how I want, but it's still, you know, as long as it's getting done, then, then she is being responsible. It's just in her way, you know, hopefully raising kids. That'll be good roommates and partners someday (laughs) yeah yeah, hopefully right um all right what is a what's something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet oh that's a good question I I actually have created a planner and it's a a planner I couldn't find one that I love so I made one myself and it does like all the things I want it to do to manage a home and keep up with my goals and daily life and I have it as like a digital download on my blog, but I've always wanted to bring it to print. Like this is a goal from the the day I thought of it. And it's something that there's so many hurdles in the way of mm. trying the logistics of it. I mean, it's been like years and I haven't done this. So one, if I do that one day in my life, bring it to print, that would be like, I would be just over the moon. Yeah. There's so many steps to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'm cheering you on. I hope Thank it happens. You. Um, I have yeah. the, I use the simplified planner. But mm-hmm. like I hardly use it. Like I <laughs> I got gung ho about it like, you know, January, February and Yeah. I do I almost use it more so just to like count down like, oh, I need to write this training plan for like this week and like to use it as just the calendar. I yeah. I hardly glance at it. Like I think I'm gonna write down and be all cute all the interviews and appointments I have of the week. But really like I yeah. I more so just use my phone for that. So yep. I think I like the idea of it more than I actually use it. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Well that's, that's why you create your I don't use yeah, and I don't use it for appointments or things. I use Google Calendar for all yeah, that same. because it's so easy. I can sync it up, color code it. And so for me like that, I didn't need that in a planner. So it's like that's why I just it's more of like a journal planner. I don't know. It's like a whole, it's a whole mood. So people can so. download it. They can go to your website. Yep. It's on my website and it's for instant purchase and digital download. So. Sweet. Okay. What's your website? Yeah. Houseofislers.com. Okay. Nice um, and simple. Yeah. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Well, my oldest was reading the Harry Potter series and I had never read it. Mm. And so I was like, this is, I'm, I'm going to read it. I don't, I've never watched the movies because I always thought I would want to read the mm-hmm. books first because I love reading. 
Um, and it was this amazing, it like reignited the spark in fiction books that I haven't had since before I had kids. I had kids and then I got on this train of like, you have to self-help everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just this horrible slippery slope. And it, I'm just like on such a fiction kick now, but Harry Potter as an adult and as a mother, as a first time reader, such an experience. I could, couldn't recommend it more. We are reading it slowly. You are? We're on book two. Oh, okay. We're like halfway through book two. Um, We checked that out at the library at school, though. So I'm actually, when we get off this call, we're going to go to the library and like sign up for the summer like reading program or whatever. And so I told my oldest, I was like, make sure I remember to check out Harry Potter, too, if they have it so that because we read it like I read it to them and like the whole crew um, yeah. So it takes a long time because, you know, our three year old is like, oh, yeah. always like interrupting yeah. and things like that. Um, What about a kid's book? Like for any of your kids, like, do you have a favorite family book? We um, last year, was it last year? I don't even know. Two years ago when the pandemic started, we started reading. I mean, I like had the kids home. It was like virtual school, which we didn't even really do. Yeah. I mean, it was such a mess. But we we started reading little house on the prairie out loud okay and it was simple enough that they could all grasp the concept and the storyline and it ignited this just imaginative world to them and for that whole the entire pandemic I had like little prairie girls running around in the backyard and they were just like off on their own and I love it because there are things in that book that aren't necessarily socially appropriate anymore Mm. um there's a lot of like hot topics But what it did do was it opened up a line of communication to start those conversations. So we didn't shy away from it when those things did come up, like we talked about it. So it was like, so great on so many different aspects. And I mean, it's a series that was like, we just, you know, we could just keep going and going through all the books, but it was so fun for them. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, good Mm -hmm. to know. I wonder if little boys would like that. Well, they... Maybe. I don't know. Cause it is, it's all, it's four sisters yeah. is little house of the prairie, but the boxcar children was another one that they oh, yeah. loved. And that's more like boy friendly uh-huh. that I think, uh, you know, if you have boys or split gender that they might be more into that. We read a, before we started Harry Potter, we read a Hardy boys book. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, and they really liked it. I mean, it was, it was funny for me to read, but, and I read it out loud to them. Um, cause my, yeah. my bigger boys, they're a little bit behind in reading and sometimes my oldest son will take a chat like take a page and read it out loud but it's just not as fluid and for the group yeah the entire group to yeah. listen I usually do the reading but um there's just like random vocabulary and words that I'm like oh yeah Lindsay duh this is why they tell you to read to your kids all the time because they're just like picking up on words that they're you're not just gonna yeah. say in everyday conversation with them Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the thing with chapter books is it's so easy to read aloud to a variety of ages. So like you have and we have in our home, it break, you know, it's a a continuing storyline the older kids can follow along with. But at the same time, it's like a micro story that the littles can enjoy Mm -hmm. in the moment, you know, so it kind of covers all the age groups. Yeah, it's like when we watch a kid's show with our kids like sing or something and there's like so many one liners or something that just like go totally over their heads. But we can laugh same like the big boys can get some things and the little boys it just just like plow right through. They'd have no idea what it actually means. Um, Yeah. Okay. Two more questions. Do you have like a trip or somewhere you recommend taking the family on a trip? On a trip. Well, um, I guess going back to the last 
couple years, we, for the first time, just like toured our own town Mm. and our own area. And that was something we had never done before. And it was so fun to like discover all these places right under our nose and that we had no idea. And it was so low cost. And I know, especially with like gas right now, gas prices are crazy. So like touring your own town is such a great option. Um, so many communities have like community web pages where people post events for free and for children and for families. And it's so easy to find things now to do. And it's just such an easy resource. And you can always just pick and choose when you want to do it. You can do it on a whim. You can plan in advance. And it's like cost effective. That's our favorite thing to do. I mean, we should do that more often. I always say that I'm like, we moved here, but I feel like we stay in this like three yeah. mile radius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy if you, yeah, I know that's what we, we, it's, it's so easy to just go to the same park and do the same thing, but even like open it up for like, if you go take your kids to parks, like try one that's like 20 miles away yeah. and like, you know, you hit up a restaurant that's nearby after and it's, it's so easy to make it a day and it's literally the, it's a huge event to the kids and it's like nothing to you as a parent, you know, it's so easy. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to find a new park tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be simple. <laughs> Uh, last question. What is your last message to leave with our audience? Oh gosh, that's tricky. I just feel like we like to overcomplicate life so much. Um, I like, I think we like to look at the world around us and what others are doing. And we like to compare and worry and stress about things that we don't have. And really like right in front of us is something that we can appreciate in this moment today. Um, and just if you're struggling, I know so many people are going through so much right now because it's such a different world than what we lived in three years ago. And if you can take a moment today to just find something to be thankful for, or find something simple that you can do to improve your space for yourself, not even for your kids, like don't declutter their toys. Don't go through their clothes. Take, take a moment to do something for yourself and your space to improve your space, to refuel yourself. Um, that's what I would want for anybody listening today to do. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, of course. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Amy, for coming on the podcast. Make sure you go check out Amy on Instagram. She's House of Eilers over there. You can find this podcast on Instagram. We've been having fun with some reels lately. That is just why is everyone yelling? We also have a Facebook group, which we would love to have you join. It's also called Why Is Everyone Yelling? You can find me personally. I am lindsayhine626 on Instagram. You can learn more about the show. Get signed up for the show notes to be delivered to your email every single week. When you go to sandyboyproductions.com, you can just click on our shows, Why Is Everyone Yelling? and learn more about this podcast and Um, There's other shows in the network as well you can learn about on that website, sandyboyproductions.com. Thanks so much for being here and we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?